Welcome to the Girl on Top Shallon XO Podcast. I'm your host, Shallon Lester, and you might know me from my YouTube channel, where I analyze celeb relationships and scandals for the lessons we can take into our own lives. But here on the podcast, I answer the best questions you submitted over the past week. Got a love quandary? Head to my website, shallonlester.com, to get connected, and also shop my merch and take some fun quizzes. Be sure to rate and review this podcast if you like it, and follow me on Instagram at ShadowLinXO, and find me on YouTube for four new videos a week. Happy New Year, Shalligators! It's a brand new year, a fresh start in so many ways, fresh cleaning solutions, fresh new eating regimes, and just a fresh outlook, right? And I know that there's a tendency to be like, I'm not some basic bitch who's just going to make all these resolutions and every resolution is so typical. Who cares? I am a basic bitch. Look at me. I'm a white chick from the suburbs. Like, live, laugh, love, motherfuckers. So I am totally fine embracing the alleged basicness of using this time as a reset, you know? And I think it's almost, and as we've talked about, the silver linings of oh, the pandemic. Hey, it's midwinter. There's not a lot of places to go. FOMO is a thing of the past. This is the ideal, very unbasic time to get your life in order. And that starts in your mind. It also starts in your pantry. I truly cannot tell you the life-changing magic of cleaning out your pantry. Why am I saving soy sauce packets? For what for what sort of soy apocalypse? Soy apocalypse? I've never cooked with, I don't even like soy sauce. I digress. Let's do our mantra. All right. I bet some of you were like, I hope she doesn't keep doing this in the new year. Too bad, guys. It's my favorite part of this podcast, and it's kind of my favorite part of the week. Because for so many of us, this is the only 30 seconds where we just do nothing. Even when we're laying in bed, we're thinking about what happened during the day, what we have to do tomorrow. This is our time to just reinvest in ourselves. To get comfy. To relax that jaw. Yeah, belly breath. Really breathe and feel your ribs expanding side to side. It's so easy to lose sight of your body. There's this girl I went to college with. She was four months pregnant before she realized she was pregnant. And all I could think was, girl, how disconnected are you from your body? Like, it feels like someone's in there moving around the furniture, like day two. Anyway, again, I digress. So let's roll our shoulders back. Let's get in a comfy position. Yeah, let's get in a comfy chair. Undo those pants. Undo them. I don't care where you are. We're going to take a few deep breaths, right? One more. That's nice. And our mantra today to start off the new year is, I am letting the past serve me. I am letting the past serve me. Let's inhale. And exhale. Now, what does this mean? I'm letting the past serve me. We tend to hate our past. We tend to, and New Year's and resolutions are proof positive of this. We want to just erase everything that happened. Bah, fuck this year. Bah. Even if it was a good year, and truly, we don't know how good a year was until 2020 happened, right? We're like, oh, remember all those times I thought a year was bad? That's that's so funny. It's like my favorite phrase, I wish I was as thin as I was when I thought I was fat. Anyway, we always want to just erase the past, and we certainly don't want to look at it. And when we don't look at the past and the things that happened, the good things and the bad things, the things that were in our possession and in our control, and the things that weren't, we negate any sort of lessons, and therefore we negate any sort of growth. So I want us 
to move into this new year, of course, setting new intentions and goals and habits, but also, and we talked about this on the YouTube channel, holding on to things that you did really well this year. You just survived. Maybe you kept your job. Maybe you got a new job. Maybe you lost your job, but hey, you're still, you're still scraping it together and you're still doing it, girl. Like that is not something to sneeze at. And we're going to let the past remind us that we are strong. We're not wieners who are just going to collapse and solipsize and devolve. No. If you listen to this podcast and if you listen to my channel, if you've heard of me ever, you are a woman of action. You're a woman of growth. You're a woman of leveling up. And every woman who grows and acts and levels up is learning from the past, right? She's not denying it. She's not ashamed of, you know, maybe letting the lacrosse team run a train on her sophomore year. It doesn't matter. She's learning from it and she's moving forward. And we also, we women of action, will not let anyone use our past against us. We won't let anyone say, you shouldn't have done it. Catherine, shut up. Because what is Nelson Mandela saying? What do we say here all the time? I never lose. I win or I learn. And when we can embrace the past, we're winning and we're learning. So I want to start this this week's episode off. Okay, so here's a question from a shalligator. And she titled it, Starting Over. She said, it took me facing yet another rejection to realize I need to attract the kind of person I wish to end up with by exhibiting qualities that will make such a wholesome person stay. This post isn't about leveling up to another person as such. Rather, I love her. I love her verbiage. She's just an excellent writer. Rather, it's me stumbling to find my way back from crippling social anxiety, self-loathing, and suicidal tendencies. I have suffered from health issues because my health fluctuated really badly. I struggled with weight gain, weakness, and immense loss of hair. And with that went the last shred of self-aggrandizing I could feign. I most recently liked a colleague type person who was also in a position of power. I met this person with debilitating self-esteem where everything about me and inside me was screaming, I'm not good enough for him. He was smart, good looking, powerful. He had a beautiful girlfriend. And I realized I gravitate towards taken or unavailable men. And when they reject me, I internalize it and hold it against myself. I realized that I had to feel like I as a person mattered in my own right, that I too can be enough. This was all the more triggered by my negative self-talk whenever I saw friends living their best life and me lying and dying alone in my bed with crippling anxiety and depression. So here's me trying to pick myself up and build my life back up again, one day at a time. I'm 30 and still single, and despite being deemed very pretty, my luck with guys hasn't struck as of yet. But more than that, I need to make sure that my social anxiety and my toxic friends who kept me around as my life or me are not a threat to them, only so they can boost their own egos, need to go. If someone has any insights into building their life once again from scratch, that would be great. So there's a lot to unpack here. And I want to start with, I think it it jumped out at me, and I'm sure a lot of you, I'm 30 and still single. I read that as, whew, dodged a bullet. I am 30 and yep, I am still single. High fives all around. You're going to live to be what? 95, 99, right? I mean, Queen Elizabeth's 99. My God. Do you need 69 years, 69 years with somebody? I don't need 69 days with boyfriends. Like day 68, I'm like, we, you may leave my house now. You're, I, you're done. I'm blocking your number. You're canceled. I came here to cancel you. I'm so sorry. 
Like, why Why is 30 this monster under the bed? 30 is just when things are getting fun. Your 30s are amazing. I don't know if your 40s are amazing. I don't know if your 50s are amazing, but past is the future and life just kind of does keep getting better. So the fact that she is viewing this as, oh, I'm 30 and still single, you're creating your own misery. And actually, reading this question, that's the galvanizing thing I hear. I am creating my own misery. Now, of course, you didn't create your health issues. I mean, my heart broke when you said loss of hair. I mean, is that not our worst nightmare as women? That's so tough to deal with. And of course, that's going to affect your self-esteem. Of course. And you're not crazy and you're not silly and you're not vain for being like, oh my God, what's happening to my body and my face and my hair? Like, this isn't fair. And it isn't fair. And it's fucked up. But everything else, girl, you're the one doing it. You are the one creating this misery. You are. I read through this and I I really can't find what's so wrong with you. You are an incredible writer, so you're very intelligent. People tell you you're pretty. I'm sure that you are. I mean, I've, I don't think people are blowing smoke at you. You have this spirit of wanting to make your life better. You're employed. So you have an incredible foundation on which to build a happy life, right? But you're not. Why? Well, I mean, that's kind of a good question. It's interesting also that you said, and with that went the last shred of self-aggrandizing I could feign. I view this as a little different. I think you switched out of healthy self-aggrandizing into unhealthy self-aggrandizing. Aggrandizing is not necessarily the right word. Self-absorption, though, is. I suffered from depression and anxiety for, I mean, for a while. I'm on medication for both. I'm not shy about it. I take Trintelix. It's expensive as fuck, but it works. And I have never, never been a worse friend, a worse daughter, a worse girlfriend, a worse citizen as when I was anxious and depressed. It didn't even occur to me to pull up for other people. To do something as simple as, how was your day? To let someone walk through a door ahead of me. To be happy for my friends when good things happen to them. Does that sound familiar? Because we read exactly that in this question. All I could think about was me. My pain. My suffering. How anyone else's happiness was an affront to me. How dare you go out and get engaged? Don't you know I'm in pain? This is the challenge show. Why are the other characters doing better than me? It isn't the challenge show. It isn't. Everyone is a star of their own show. It is the Shallon show of misery because that's what I chose to write. And true, to a degree, we cannot control depression and anxiety. These are things that happens within our brain. They're chemical reactions, as evidenced by the fact chemical drugs can ameliorate them. But if we tell ourselves we have absolutely no control over our life, our moods, our attitudes, and most importantly, our actions and how we move through the world, then we are dead in the fucking water. We're dead in the water because that doesn't end, right? We can dress that up in anxiety and depression, but what if it's a bad relationship? What if it's a child who's off course? What if it's a parent who's not plugging into us? What if it's traffic at the mall? Well, I have no control. I have no control over anything. I just, I'm, no, I just, I'm miserable because life sucks. 
Oh, I, okay. I mean, if that's how you want to look at everything, then your wish is my command, says the universe. And we know this. We know that our reality starts in our mind. And I look at the alligator and her question, some other things jumped out to me. I need to build my life up from scratch, build myself back, start from scratch, start from scratch. This comes up again and again. Why are you starting from scratch? You don't seem scratchy to me. Like I said, you seem incredibly intelligent. You have a job, a career, right? You have friends. You have people who love you. That's not a person with nothing to lose and and everything to gain. Not at all. And I bring this up because it goes back to our mantra. Let the past serve us. This shalligator submitted this is not letting the past serve her. She is looking at everything that's happened to her as terrible. This is a victim story. This is a victim narrative. I look at her story and I hear a champion narrative. Fuck, she overcame all these incredible health struggles? That's wild. I've had a chest infection for two months, a bacterial chest infection. And I'm like, this is, um, this is it. Take me, Jesus. Like, it's such a, it's just been such an annoyance. And I'm like, I don't know how people deal with long-term or chronic or even non-chronic, just short-term intense illnesses, right? And certainly we've had to think about intense illnesses a lot this year. So I look at her and this question, I'm like, this is a survivor's story. This is someone who should look back on everything she's been through and be like, I do still have my intelligence. I do still have my career. I do still have friends who are, she describes them as toxic, but she also says some of them are living their best life. That's amazing. You don't have deadbeats and degenerates in your life. You have people who are going out there and pursuing their dreams and being happy and girl, you're the one who hates them for it. And this is this is the tough love portion. I am not letting you guys go into this new fucking year feeling so fucking sorry for yourself. I'm not. Because you are the titans of the world. You are the 1% of intelligentsia. You are the perkiest, tittiest women ever. And we are not going to sit here and be like, oh, my life. No, fu- no, no, no. To allow you to do that would be to pander to, I mean, <laughs> sexism, just, there is, there is truly an oppression in low standards, right? When we expect very little from a group, whether it's a race or a gender or a class or whatever it is, we are telling them, hey, I don't think you can do better, so yay participation trophy you can do it oh bless your heart i don't say that shit to you i expect greatness from you because there is greatness within you this shalligator does not expect greatness from herself and i expect it from her because i can see it i can it's popping through in her very vocabulary so how she can rebuild her life how can she do this like i said she switched from healthy self-aggrandizing to unhealthy self-absorption And like I also said, when I was depressed, anxious, I didn't give a fuck about anyone else. It was inconceivable that anyone else on earth was suffering the way I was, that was losing at life the way I was, that was being victimized and terrorized. Whatever adjective I needed to apply to it in that particular moment to be the winner of the contest of suffering. Because that is all I felt like I could win. I'm just nailing myself to the cross, nail by nail. That was all I could do is just martyr myself over and over again and be just this grand high priestess of martyrdom. I wasn't looking at this like, oh, I actually have so much to give the world. And truly, 
Once I started to do that, once I had a friend dragged my pathetic ass to a soup kitchen. Huh. Oh, so let me get this straight, Shallon. People don't like you on the internet. Would you like to tell that to that man, this Vietnam vet who's been sleeping um, outside in the winter? Do you want to? I think I think he would love to hear that story of your hardship. Yeah. You want to make this a contest? Well, we've got a winner and it's not you. And you know what I felt? Shame. And I didn't want to feel that. And I didn't want to go back to that soup kitchen. I didn't want to go to the first place. But shame is very useful. Shame, not when we put it on other people, not when people put it on us, but when we give it to ourselves. And we don't need a lot. It's a spice. It's chili powder. It's just a teeny tiny boop. And it wakes us up to be like, you know what? Life isn't so bad. Yeah, I've had some bad breaks. Yeah, I've had some tough luck. Yeah, there's been things that aren't fair that other people are doing and I'm not. But I'm doing things other people are not. And it's healthy to look at that because we can't just look in one direction, right? Oh, I, I have all these things that I'm not achieving and there's things that I don't have. But there's things that you do. There's things that you do have. And if you only look at what you don't, and I know this sounds very live, laugh, love, wooden sign at home goods, your life is devoid of gratitude. And if you don't have gratitude, you don't have anything. Gratitude turns what we have into enough. And it gives us this sense of fullness, this emotional fullness. You know what? I woke up today and I can breathe. I can walk. I can listen to this podcast. I can record this podcast. I can light this stupid Yankee candle that I have left over from the holidays. I can feed myself. I can pay my bills. I can hug my family members. I can text a friend. And all of those things are an incredible dream to someone else who doesn't have them. I'd give anything if I could walk. I'd give anything if I had a friend right now. I'd give anything if I could hug my parents still. You feel a little ashamed? I do. I do. I was driving around today thinking my life is so hard and that barista just in my usual spirals. And then I literally saw a man with a sign and a dog on the corner and I was ashamed of myself. And you know what I did? I reached in my back seat and I pulled out this duffel bag of stuff I keep just for homeless people. I keep several at a time. They've got a whole little care package, a little bit of money, some scarf scarves, like gloves, stuff like that. And I handed it to him. And that negated my shame because now my problems and my shame, it didn't just exist in this like endless loop, this endless circular snake eating its own tail. I was doing something about it and I was turning my shame into something productive in the world. Now, I don't want the shalligator to listen to this and be like, oh, great. I should feel ashamed. No, but you should start to feel grateful. You should. Because like I said, You've got a lot to be grateful for, girl. Yeah, there are some things that haven't gone your way. But let's focus on the things that have. Because, again, it's going to give you that sense of emotional fullness. Because when we feel the way she feels, we feel hungry, just hollowed out. And how picky are hungry people, right? When you're full, you know, when you're when you're good, you're like, mm, I'm going to win. I'm going to get a salad later. When you're hangry, you will eat something you find on the ground at a gas station, right? You are just desperate. And you will date the man who is an equivalent of something you found on the floor at a gas station. Maybe you literally did find him at a gas station. You're not picky. You're going to take anything. There's the emotional getaway card. Let's get the fuck in and get out of here. When you have that emotional fullness, which comes from gratitude, which comes from embracing your past as a champion story, because it is, no matter 
what that story entails, you're still here. You woke up today. You are still alive. If we boil it down to the most base thing, you're still alive. You might not be super happy. You might have your finances wiped out, right? You might have lost your husband, your best friend, whatever, but you're alive. Okay. Well, when, well what else am I? All right. I'm not just alive. I'm healthy. Hmm. Okay. I'm not just alive and healthy. I'm, you know, I still have my friends. I still have my family. I still have my dog. I still live in my house. Keep going up that ladder. We talked the other day about manifestational ladders, right? How to manifest something. You want, at the very top, you want something crazy and amazing and outrageous. And at the very bottom, you want something easy to manifest. A parking space, seeing a dog, something very simple. We need to have gratitude ladders, a grata ladder, gratitude ladder. We're working out the kinks on it, but you know what I mean? I like gratitude ladder <laughs> quite a bit. So that if we don't feel grateful, we go back down the bottom. I'm alive. I'm alive. A lot of people aren't right now, right? Okay, I'm alive and I'm healthy. All right. And then we get all the way up to the top. I am alive. I am healthy. I am funny. I am smart. I got perky ass tits. I got lip gloss to make my lips glossy. I've got intelligence. I've got dreams. And then when our when it starts to wane, oh, I don't feel very good. We go back up and down that ladder until we do. So the first and foremost way to build your life is make that gratitude ladder. Write down everything you're grateful for. One time I was in such a state and I was trying to make my own gratitude ladder that literally all I could put on there was, I saw a pineapple today. <laughs> I saw a pineapple. I like, I was so miserable and my day had been that bad that the only good thing was I saw a pineapple and I find pineapples like very very interesting. Like I could look at a pineapple for an hour. I don't know what's wrong with me, but that's all I had. That's, that's all I had to give. And I felt like I was, I felt so stupid writing it down in my gratitude journal, pineapple. But when you have pineapple gratitude, you're like, you know what? I'm so dumb. I'm not just grateful for this pineapple. I'm grateful I have the, the hand dexterity to write this down. I'm grateful that I'm sitting at a desk looking at the beautiful Bridger Mountains in Montana while I'm writing about this pineapple. You would be surprised what gratitude can kickstart inside you. So that's where you need to start. The next thing you need to do, people with high self-esteem do esteemable things. They do. They do the right thing. Even when no one's looking, even when it's not popular, especially when it's not popular. Leaders are out in front. Leaders are holding themselves up and saying, hey, I'm standing up for this cause, this person, this dream, whatever it might be. So this is what I want you to do. I want you to stand up for something. I want you to stand up for someone, whether it's a, a cause, a charity, a political situation, someone in your life who might need you. You... You have told yourself that you have nothing to give other people or you don't have to give anything to other people. That's what I was telling myself. I don't need to go over to Diane's house just because she's upset. I'm upset. Bitch, shut, shut the fuck up. Nobody cares. Like I was, I got so sick of hearing myself complain about my life. And you know, everyone else in my life was, I mean, they probably arrived at that conclusion eight weeks prior. So I made the decision 
to live for others. And part of that was I started living for God. And this isn't like a religious speech, but you know, I was at a point where I'm like, I don't feel like people appreciate what I do. I feel like people hate me. They're saying unspeakable things about me. So great. All glory goes to God. I don't need man to like me. I need God to like me. And my version of God like changes day to day. Sometimes it's Zeus and Hera. Sometimes it's the big JC. Who knows? It doesn't matter. It's like a buffet. Take what you want. So that was one thing. Okay, I'm living for God. I'm doing esteemable things when humans aren't looking because God is looking. The gods are looking. Now I'm going to start living for other people. I'm going to stand up for causes I believe in. I'm going to start a fundraiser. I'm going to go to my friend's house. I'm not just going to go to her house and listen to her problems. I'm going to take her a cake. I'm going to tidy up her kitchen while she's sitting on the couch crying. I'm going to go above and beyond because what that does is that gives to my friend, but it, it, it gives to me more. Honestly, I mean, if we want to be selfish, helping others is incredibly selfish in the best way because it makes you feel good. I have value today. I helped someone today. I am so, I am fantastic. I'm a delight. I am a treasure. Everyone's going to be like, Shell, I'm such a treasure. Ha ha ha. Who cares? Great. If that's what you get out of helping people, the ends justifies the means fantastic. If that gets you to the soup kitchen, if that gets you writing letters to our troops overseas, do it. But I bet you're not going to skew in that douchey direction as I can. You're probably going to say, you know what? <laughs> I actually have value in this world outside of how much hair I have, what my body looks like. None of those things are who I am. Those are the parsley on the plate. Your intelligence, girl, the way you write in this question, that is who you are. That is who you are. And you probably just boop, 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 just wrote this out, just barely thinking about stream of consciousness, and it came out this sharp and eloquent. Are you kidding me? You need to lean into that. So you're going to do the gratitude journal, right? Then you're going to start helping other people and get out of your own spirals. Anxiety is self-absorption. What, how is this going to affect me? What are people going to think about me, 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 me? And we have to splash some cold water on that. Of course, I mean, do the medical things for sure to kind of, I mean, medicine to me, like it, it just like put the fire out a little so that it, or it contained the fire so that I now could manage it. And before it was just raging out of control. And I was like, I don't know, it's just going to consume us all. Here we go. But now I'm like, no, 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 no. I am a fireman in my own life. I got this. The third thing I want you to do is I want you to add three new hobbies in your life. Okay. One of them is going to be creative. You're going to learn German. You're going to take up needlepoint. The second one is going to be intellectual. You're going to read a Shakespearean book and join a Shakespearean book club once a month. Okay? Or you're going to finish that degree. And intellectual, let's also make a business. We can, you can also be business. You're going to, you're going to apply to law school. You're going to start that Etsy store. And the third is going to be something that is purely silly. Just silliness, right? You're going to make vision boards. That's a hobby. And making vision boards is silly, but it is truly the most important thing you can do. We have to be able to visualize our goals and manifest. And even just the act of devoting time to doing this is incredible. It's incredible, right? Because you're telling yourself, I'm going to sit here with my scissors and my Downton Abbey and my magazines, and I am giving the next 20 minutes to me. I am reinvesting in myself and my goals are going to seem silly. Oh, I'm cutting out this big mansion. Dur, dur, dur. How's that going to happen? Well, it does. <laughs> I mean, it does. You got to get over that hump of silliness, right? So you're going to have a hobby that's creative, 
a hobby that's intellectual or business-minded, and a hobby that's just silly and goofy. And if you don't know what that is, you know where we're going with this, girls. We're going back to our best nine-year-old day. Your nine-year-old day, if you if you haven't heard me talk about this, is what is what was your best day when you were nine? When you didn't care what the world needed you to be or thought of you or FOMO or what seemed possible or what seemed impossible. Everything existed in this sort of meniscus thin bubble of possibility, right? Everything you liked was okay. And everything you wanted to do, you just wanted to do it. It didn't have a value judgment. It didn't have, oh, I can't, I can't possibly go ice skating. I have so many bills to pay. You're like, I want to go ice skating, man. So go back to that nine-year-old day. What would you fill it with? Baking, a museum, reading, going out in nature, and do that. Devote 30 minutes a week to your nine-year-old day, and then add it in in sprinkles and doses throughout the rest of your week. This is going to re-infuse you with who you used to be before you decided and you did decide that you were not worthy, not cool, not this. And look, some of us, we didn't have a great time when we were nine. I know. And you guys have said this to me. You're like, I I would, I love the concept of this nine-year-old day, but for me, being a child was awful. Like it was, it was stressful, it was suppressive, it was a nightmare. Okay. Who did you want to be? You can still craft your perfect nine-year-old day, even if you didn't get to actually live it. And you know, when we think about it, very few of us did, you know, really, like even if you wanted to do whatever you want, mom won't let you, you have to go to the dry cleaner, blah, 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 blah. So who do you want to be now? Now is the chance. This is one of the few good things about being a grown-up is you can just decide things. I decide I am going to fill my bookshelf with Berenstein Bear books and not a goddamn person on planet Earth can stop me. Isn't that luxury? Isn't that freedom? Isn't that control? And all of those things are the triumvirates of self-esteem and of worth. When you have crafted a life that you just like, no one else needs to approve. No one else needs to veto or approve your dreams and your vision board and your Berenstein Bear books. I mean, then you have this power and you have like I said, this foundation on which to build your happiness. It's time you started liking yourself. I like you reading this. I would love to go to coffee with you. You sound fascinating. But I don't want to go to coffee with someone who is self-absorbed and not happy for the people in their lives. And again, those are choices. Those are just, talk about parsley on the plate. Those are just choices and you can switch that off whenever you want. You can't switch this intelligence off. People can't switch intelligence on, right? You have these gifts and the things that are bad in your life, you have chosen to keep them there. And it is time to make a better choice. It is time to step into this new year. It is time to stop looking at your life as just this pile of smoking rubble and clear away that rubble and be like, wow, what's still here? My intelligence, my perky tits, my perspicacity, my friendships and build upon that. Well, that's it for this episode of Girl on Top. Thanks for being part of the Shalantourage. If you have a love question you need some help with, find me on my website, shallonlester.com, and be sure to connect with me on Instagram at shallonxo and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Stay sweet, stay savage. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, 
liberty and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu.